Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. podcast thanks for joining me for another conversation thanks for downloading the show stoked to be with you for the next hour or so um this week's conversation is with michael taylor michael's an elite handbike paracyclist and um the winner of the new york city marathon in that category and yeah in this conversation it was really interesting for me to hear about what handbike and paracycling is um, how he got into it, and yeah, Michael's life and how much it's changed since he had a motorbike accident when he was 34 and lost use of his legs. Um, it was really interesting to hear a bit about a different sport and just what it takes to be at the very top end of uh, that sport and travel all over the world to compete. And yeah, really appreciate that Michael gave up a bit of his time to have a conversation with me and yeah, be pretty open and honest and. Uh, shared a lot of his stories so far. Michael's super elite, 12 state titles, 9 national titles, 2 Oceania titles. Um, he's been to the world champs on three occasions and then, as I listed off before, has uh, won the New York City Marathon, qualified for two Olympics but wasn't selected to go. We kind of have a good conversation about that. And, yeah, it was a real good insight into another sport which is pretty relatable to distance running and endurance sports and yeah talking about heart rates and training pace and all those kind of things which was quite interesting so i really hope you enjoy this conversation today with michael taylor a bit of general business at the end of the show if you want to stick around after the conversation for a bit more audio there enjoy this chat guys cheers Michael Taylor, welcome to Tell Me Your Tales podcast. Welcome Thank to you. my home in Moama. Thank you very much. Lovely to drive up here. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting your relationship with Moama because it's the very first... I met you in Moama about yes. two years ago at Correct. the, uh, the Chuka Moama Sports Star of the Year Award. Yes. At that stage, I'd never heard of you in my life. And then I heard your, you'd won one of the monthly awards. I'd won one of the monthly awards. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's a bit of a strange one. Yeah, you get nominated and you think, oh, it's a great honour. Yeah. Which it is. Yeah. Yeah, and you do get to meet um, some some great people along the way. Mm. So yeah, well, it was amazing because I um, 
I was blown away by your story a bit, and I was just like, why haven't I heard of this guy before? And probably because Different of the connection. Circles. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, same area, same thing, but slightly different tangent. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, though, because I think, never heard of you in my life, saw you and met you at that month. And we actually spoke that day about like, doing a podcast, which yeah, is yeah. just gone. T- I think you were a bit blown away. Two like years, one. one year. It was so, one year ago, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's taken us a while to hook this one up, but it's funny because I think the week after that, I was in Bendigo. And I was driving home, and I was driving past a big group of cyclists, and I spotted you down low, and I thought, I've never seen this guy in my life, and all of a sudden, you know, Monday night and then Sunday morning, I spotted you in the group. Once you see the bike, and like, yeah, or or me in the bike, it's not that you notice, but you go, oh, there he is. I didn't notice, but I did. Mm. And it's just something that's a little bit different. Yeah, you're right, because I probably have seen that group, you know, five or ten times before, but I wasn't kind of looking out for no, you, and then all right. of a sudden, you're on my radar yeah, after that sportsman's night. Yeah, that's right, yeah, and then... kind of like something clicks, you go, oh, no, something was like, oh, that's him. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Beautiful, mate. Would well, you want, maybe want to introduce yourself to the audience, the listeners, give us a bit of a <laughs> my name's brief about who you are? Um, I'm a T3 paraplegic. Um, I ride a, uh, a specialised para, uh, paracycling bike called a hand cycle. Um, I get to race nationally, domestically, internationally. Um, won, won a couple of events here and there. Um, I enjoy riding. Um, I live in Bendigo, but I race for a cheaper Moama. Um, I find them to be a, a fantastic club for me. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, why a cheaper Moama? Why are they a fantastic club for you? I, when we... Um, we were living in Melbourne, and then uh, my wife wanted a uh, sea change, uh, so we moved to Kerrang. Yeah, right. Um, and the closest club to me then was uh, a trick of Um I just rang them up. Um, they said, yeah, sure, come on over. And they, just the way they accepted me, you know, not a drama, not an issue, what can we do to help? Um, and just the support they've given me. And since we've been um, from Kerrang we moved to Bendigo um, and it's a funny th- um, a funny thing like you, you, I ride with a lot of guys in the Bendigo club but it's a different scenario if I want to race with the Bendigo club ah right and I've got to bring my own support vehicle and, uh, which, which just creates headaches so whereas I can just rock up to a Chuka um, and I, I quite, don't get me wrong I quite enjoy it. quite a, a lot of times I used to just drive up in the, in the morning yeah, leave home at like you know four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. Come to the six o'clock ride, six thirty ride, um, just to catch up. Bit more, I enjoyed it. Bit more chilled out. The crowd, the group in Hachuca compared to Bendigo. Friendly. Yeah. 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 A few no, less egos. Are. Yeah. <laughs> Not as many Bendigo's got some big name cyclists. That's the only reason I ask. Yeah, but uh, look, it's clicky. It's a funny. It's a oh, look. Everyone gets along. It's a funny thing, you know. And even in the groups that I ride. Everybody chats, but not everyone gets along, and it's kind of I'm kind of like the odd one out because I'm I'm in a different bike, mm. and the guys don't usually see me in the wheelchair. They don't, they see me in the bike. Um, so for a lot of for the first two years, no one spoke to me. Yeah, right. So I'd ride these groups on a Saturday, and I'd go home with a wife, and I'd be like, she's like, oh, how'd you go today? Like, no one spoke to me, and it's like tail between the legs. Yeah. And it took forever. And then I spoke to um, a gentleman there, Eddie Barkler, and I just said, look, uh, and he runs a big uh, email, and he's big in cycling, and um, kind of joins all the dots, if yeah. you know what I mean, you know? 
And I had a chat to him. So I wonder what the wrong mate. And, and then he had a chat to somebody else. And since then, it's just clicked in the groups that I write. Yeah. And then uh, I suppose it's just a bit more awareness, yeah. acceptance. Um, not by everyone. There's a few who are a bit um, anti. Don't like my bike. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I don't offer a draft because the bike's so low. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like it's not. It's a different visual. So like if you're a bike rider following someone, you're not. Um, that one back yeah. You're not. Uh, as high as a normal bike. Yeah. So you're lost. So they've got to look at a little bit, a few differences. And my bike's wider. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's, I've got a fat ass. Yeah. The bike's wide, you know. So um, I tend to sit on the outside of the bunch. So it gives me a bit of room to get out of their way as well, you know. Um, and, and some people just, I don't know, they just don't like it. Yeah. For some reason, you know. And as much as you try and explain to them, it's in my best interest to know where you are, so I'm going to stay out of your way. They're just not comfortable. And you can understand that. That's okay. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just one of those funny things that goes on in cycling, I guess. What about, like, do you have to concentrate more? Like, you're lower to the ground and you're using your arms compared to them using their legs and stuff. You're at a different height. Like, oh. is, it, is it hard to generate conversation with the guys? It must oh, yeah. be like they're much yeah, higher up. If they're not... If they're like a normal bike rider and they're just facing front and riding away, I'm straining my ears to go, what? Yeah. And half the time, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No idea what I'm agreeing to. Yeah. They just told me house, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No idea. But if, as soon as they like turn their head and talk, sounds really bad, talk down to, to a Yeah, to your level, yeah. Um, you can have a not a bad conversation. Mm. Um, but if you get a real rough patch of road, because the way the bike is, my head is almost in, in between the rear back wheels. So you get a lot of bouncing and mm. vibration and uh, whatnot. So sometimes it gets a bit, oh, okay, we won't talk now for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Or you'll get some person who doesn't say too much to you at all until you get to a hill where I've got to work really, really yeah. hard. Then he wants to strike up a conversation. I'm huffing. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. I'm trying to work here. He's he's came yeah. out of the chat. You think, my God, couldn't you've picked it up going downhill on the flat? But no, as soon as you start going uphill, and you going really, over One Tree Hill, or something back oh, in Mandurang over there. Oh, usually, usually, I used to be a guy, and he used to be coming on the way home, going up the Kyber Highway. Yeah, that is such a strain, and it's like, my oh God, the bunch is getting away from me. I've got to work. I've got to work. Don't talk to me now. And as soon as you got to the like, we turn off at the top. Where are you? Can't see him for dead. Wouldn't sh- you know? Can't shout him up up the hill. Yeah. As soon as you turn off, nothing. Oh, yeah. and you think, oh my god, <laughs> killing me. Yeah. So just some clarification around like hand cycle, paracycle, yeah. and wheelchair racing. Like completely different sports. Two different classifications. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, the track chair is um, fixed wheels. Yeah. So and you hit with your fists, so to speak. So. You, you either kneel in the bike or you can sit in the bike, depending on yeah. how you feel comfortable. And you're literally punching the wheel, punching yeah. the rim. And it's where you see, uh, the best example I suppose is Kurt Fernley. Yeah, yeah. You know, doing the marathon or on the track. Yeah. Um, he, he's probably, the, or Louis Vage, you know, the people who, um, you go, oh, I don't know what bike that is now. Yeah. Whereas a hand bike is, uh, again, three wheels. Um, two, one, two at the back, one at the front, 
um, but we have gears just like a bike. Yeah. So two brakes, gears, um, and we lay down in more like a recumbent style. Yeah. But there are different versions as well. So if you're an amputee, you will kneel in your bike. Yeah. So yeah, so I suppose they're just trying to make it uh, a level playing field for your, each category. Mm. So yeah. And how many like gears would you be rolling through? Oh, uh, it's quite a like per race or just on the no, bike. No, I just say so how many is on the bike, like the setup. Um, it's two by living speed. Yeah. Okay. So and I just it's just it's exactly the same as like a normal bike, bike. Like a, a race bike. Just controlling it with your arms. Yeah, yeah, and it's just um you're modifying the technology. Yeah. Yeah, especially now with DIY electronic. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot better, easier. Um. And for people who, the quads, mm. who uh, struggle with hand functionality, yeah, um, the things they can do now with their elbows for the gearing is so much better. Uh, it just made mm. life simpler and for, uh, for this application. Yeah, right. And like, do you have like a speedo as well on there? Yeah, and like, yeah. so you've got a garment. On. Yeah, yeah. yeah and look, the sad part of it is, I mean, you've got this garment, and it's like sitting smack in front of your face. Yeah, right. And I'm not getting it. So you can't hide from it, you know. And um, you've got all your, your data that you have, yeah, and you, know, you have power and speed and watts and um, cadence and time of day and whatever. But yeah, literally, it's in front of your face. So um, as you crank it along, you know, oh, yeah, well, your heart rate's going through the roof or um, yeah, just everything. Yeah, it's all mm. there. All the information, relevant information's there. Yeah. And kind of a bit more in the data sense of things because it really interests me. Like, what kind of case per hour are we kind of averaging? And um, um, for a time trial, yeah, which is what we qualify in. Okay, I suppose between the thirty-nine, forty k now. Yeah, right. And distance? How long? Like, how long's the time trial? In Australia, we're a bit of a weird mob we are. But yeah. in Australia, for some reason, we like to do around that twenty to twenty-two kilometer mark. Yeah. Um, in Europe, uh, they do. 12 to 15, 16 phase. Yeah. Don't know why. It's yeah. just, um, so, but we only qualify in a time trial. Yeah. So if we do a road race, do well, doesn't really mean anything. But if we do a time trial, as long as it's in the qualifying period, um, the selectors will, ooh, ooh, what's he done? Oh, hello. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, so we don't, road race is nice to win. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't qualify us for anything. Yeah, right. So it's, um, the time trial is what it's all about for us. Mm. Yeah. And um, oh, that'd be pretty exhausting, wouldn't it? Like averaging that kind of, like just generating yeah. that kind of yeah. speed with your arms. Like you, you just look at you, you can see the, well, see the upper the, body the, strength. The worst thing is you do, your time trial might take you, you know, 40, maybe 45 minutes. Your warm-up's like 35, 40 minutes. Yeah. So your warm-up's as long as you race. And yeah. then you've got to cool down. Yeah, and then you got to go home, have the ice bath, a shower, and you think, well, is that great? Um, but yeah, you're pretty. I mean, if you're not exhausted, there's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not um, laying it all out on the on the road, and you come back, oh, mate, we're doing another ten k's. What are you doing wrong? Yeah. Yeah, you haven't gone hard enough. Yeah. And especially if you haven't put in the qualifying time. Yeah. You know, and you haven't won. You go, well, why didn't you get harder? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and that's how they look at it, yeah. They just, um, and that's something you've got to get used to. Yeah, who's yeah. they? Like an international Australia. Okay, so it's all under Cycling Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cycling Australia set a, uh, every year they set a 
uh, a standard. Mm. So they say if you reach this mark, you qualify for worlds. Mm. You, know, you you go into the selection pool. Does mean they'll take you. Yeah, I have read your resume and I've noticed that with a couple of Olympics here and there. We'll get into that later on. um, I did a deal with the devil last year. and Yeah? Yeah. What kind of heart rates and stuff as well? You kind of average into those things. Um, About 185. Yeah, yeah. In comparison to running kind of stuff. You are, yeah. I just wanted to let the listeners know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you go, New York was a great one. Yeah. Because like, You'd sit and you probably want to touch this later, but it's actually a good segue to it. Um, it's such a long build up to the start of the race. Mm. Yeah, the race starts at 8.45, um, but you'd leave your hotel at 4 o'clock in the morning. Because they bash you out there in New York too, don't well, they? You gotta, you get the, well, you, you got to load your bike up the day before. Yeah. And then you take your, your um, uh, helmet and your gear. So I'm rolling around New York City. Uh, 4 4 o'clock in the morning, going past all these nightclubs, and oh my god, what's going to happen to me? Yeah, and I did. I thought, oh, paddock stations, where's a copper when I need one? And no joke, people just got out of my way, yeah, yeah, no worries, oh, yeah, no worries, okay, they're really so nice. And here's me, little Aussie bloke, panicking, thinking, I'm not gonna make it to the start line. Um, and then you get to like the part where they're gonna pick you up, and you know, think, am I in the right area? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm here, okay, cool. And then it just takes so long to get out there. Mm-hmm. You know? But getting back to the heart rate, we were sitting on the start, right at the start line, and my heart rate was, because I've been sitting around for a while, uh, 59. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and from when I went go to the top of the hill, which is literally you start at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, stand. I've seen some footage before yeah. the start in New York. Yeah, and right up to the top, my heart rate at the top was 202. <laughs> And you're talking like a kilometre in? Like, how yeah. long does it take to get to the top yeah. of the hill? Yeah, 1k yeah. in. 1k in bank, full gas. Well, goes Full to... gas, all the way over the top. And um, literally, uh, about two thirds, uh, three quarters of the way out, I saw a Colombian coming. Two of them coming along. I think, oh, great. I'll, I'll back off a little. Yeah. And just as they called me, I surged again and literally just. Yeah, it's just redlined the whole lot. So you're out in front at this stage, like there's 40,000 participants waiting to 50, start. 50,000. Yeah, it's like, 50,000. They let their hand cycles off first. and um, then The track chairs go first. Track chairs, then they hand cycles. They got 15 minutes on us. Yep. And then they let us off. Yep. Um, and how many people in the field? I think it was 97. Yep. And it's an open field. Yeah. So normally when I race it, we race in categories. Yep. But being a marathon, it's open. Yeah. So it's open slather. Yeah. So it's um, if you get a great start, fantastic. That, oh, I think that's the key to it. Why is that? That you're forty two k. Like, can you not come um, back from it, or you got to get in a good position, draft, or bit of both? Yeah. The week the week before we raced in in Washington, and um, we did the Marine Corps marathon, and um, thought we got there in plenty of time. But actually, by the time I got to the start line, there was like 30 guys already lined up. So you're like, one, I was about yeah. fifth in line. And each chair would be quite long in the length, yeah, wouldn't you're it? Yeah, about two metres. Yeah. But uh, so it's not just that, but like if the guy who's one, two, three, four, five up front gets a bad start, the next guy's gone bang into him and slows mm. him down. Mm. And it's just a, a knock-on effect. Yeah. So you kind of... 
not everyone takes off the same. And no room to kind of move. And, and, nah, because yeah. you would literally, you cramped in. Yeah. It's like elbows to elbow, you know, wheel to wheel. Yeah. Um, and once you, once you get past that, it was kind of like, okay, once it opens up a little, you know, you just, you just gas it. Yeah. You know, and two different starts. Washington was a downhill start. New York was an uphill start. Yeah, right. Um, so in Washington, you could really open up really early. Um, and we, I think we went from 40th to 8th mm. within Kilometer. Yeah. Um, and then you settle down, find your rhythm, and then you start looking around going, okay, hit start picking people yeah. off, you know. Um, and it's funny, you know, like it, you know what it's like. You've, you've raced internationally. Yeah, yeah. Everybody swears in the same language. Yeah. All right. Let's not kid, you know, all the listeners know about it. It's a bit of argy-bargy out yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and our bikes take up real estate. Yeah. Um, and I was dueling with a um, Canadian, French-Canadian guy, who I know well. Yeah. Yeah, I know really well. And we've raced before. And obviously, he wasn't uh, feeling too flush. And every time uh, I took a turn, you know, gas it up, and we'd be chasing down the guys in front, and then his turn to do a turn, and then we'd slow down. Mm. So we had a bit of a uh, uh, exchange of words, yeah. you know, a bit of an English lesson, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, a bit of sign language going on, yeah. a bit of English <laughs> going on, and um, after the race, it was kind of like, yeah, we'd finished, and um, it was a bit of a human error at the end. No, we had a kilometre to go, and we got to the last turn around, and there was no one standing there to tell us where to go. Oh, right. So instead of turning like around here, we've gone straight. Yeah. And like I had a hundred metres on that guy, and he had a hundred metres on the next guy, and we've all gone straight through. And by the time we all turned around, so then the orders reversed. Oh no! So I went from third to sixth within a minute. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't a minute like all the guy at any of our faults, you know. Yeah. It's just the way it goes, and you cross the line, and for the first five minutes, everything under the sun, I couldn't stop swearing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you calm down, you go, okay, it happens, you know, yeah. and it Perspective. does. Perspective. Yeah, no, you do, you, once your frustration's all done, yeah. yeah, and you've calmed down, because you have to calm down, you got to let it out, um, you, you calm down, and you go, crap, that happens, oh, look, it's an accident, oh, I know the guy didn't mean it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that happened. Just a volunteer, you know what I mean? Exactly like, yeah. that. And, and for a good cause. And yeah. You just think, oh, look, that's the way it goes. Like cookie crumbles. Yeah, so this was the week before New York. That was so the week before. A bit of confidence, a bit of frustration, kind of. Oh, look, I felt really good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was riding around. I was riding around Washington in the mornings. Every morning I got lost. Yeah. And I'm not kidding you. One, the first morning I, I was following these guys on a bike. I think, oh, where'd they go? You know, oh, I've got them going down here from. Oh, no, I've got a set of steps here. Yeah. I couldn't go anywhere. Yep. I was stuck, yeah. So I had to wait for some two guys on a bike. Excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> don't stab me. Can you help me get Australian out of here? Australian accent coming yeah, in here. They're coming fantastic. Oh, where are you from? Yeah. Australia. Yes, we help you. Yeah. And they were fantastic, but every morning I got lost. Yeah. And it was around the same area, because you go around all the monuments. Yeah. And um, lovely place to ride. And once you find where you're going to, it was a great area lots of runners yeah lots of um, riders going around there um 
But it's just, yeah, I just got lost every day. So then, like, back to New York. So you, you've gone out hard. The heart rate's at 200 just after K1. you got yeah. 41K to go. What's going through your head? And, like, we're expecting um, to win that day. I've kind of given no. away for all the listeners. But, you know, yeah, you've won, no, 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 won no, that category. Won, but, uh, no, no, not at all. Um, like we had a great showing in, in Washington. So I was really confident and felt really good. Like I had a long, um, big training uh, block. Yeah, during winter over here. Yeah. Yeah, minus two, minus four out there. And I was smashing it. I felt really, really good. Um, so when we got there, I thought, I was thinking, mm, the aim was top five. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's a bit of an unknown because mm. it's longer than our time trials mm. and it's shorter than our road races. Yeah, okay. Now, our road races go up to about 85K. Yeah. So it's shorter than a road race. So it's kind of like, mm, how do you tackle it? Mm. Yeah, so um, I was a bit, oh, I don't know. You know. So once we got over the hill, it's kind of like, oh, I, won't, I won't swear too much, but it's like crap. Feel free, yeah. And I was like, crap, what, what do I do? I'm thinking, um, I can slow down and wait for these two Colombians, or I can just gas it and get a gap and see what happens. Yeah. And, and it was funny, we were talking to, I was talking to my wife, because um, they come over, the family, yeah, my wife and daughter came over, because you've got to take a pit crew. You can't just, uh, the bikes don't just carry themselves. Yeah. Wheels, luggage, all the rest of it. Um, and we were chatting about it. Yeah, and there's different scenarios. And I said, yeah, up until the start line, or up until the hill, I still had no idea. And it was only opportunity opened up. And I thought, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to have a crack yeah. now. I really, I thought, no, I've, I've got this far. It's a long way to go for a race as well. It, no, it yeah. is. I may not go back. Yeah. So I thought, oh, look, Barrett, I've gone, the Colombians, as soon as I, he caught, they caught me and I gassed it again, they dropped right off. So I thought, oh, I wasn't too sure, to be honest, what was going on there. What, what stage of the race is this? Like we, this is like... 20k in, 30k? No, this, this is at the top of the hill. Oh, this is okay. This is right at the start. Wait, the heart rate's still at 200. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, it's like, oh, what's going on? Quick think, quick fix. You know, figure things out. And then, no, let's just go. So I was like, just head down and literally bang up a couple of gears. And once I got over the crest, um, literally it's like f as quick as I could flat gas. Mm. Try and get the heart rate down a bit. Yeah. Because I thought, oh man, I'm going to die. Crash and burn. Yeah. I, I did. I used to show like, can I get it down to about 180? Yeah. It ain't going to last long yeah. at all. Um, but think of a big diesel engine, you know, I can get it around 180, 185. Yeah. And push that power out. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know what it's like, if you get too high, yeah, time, in that time rate, to come back to. Oh, it's just, yeah, and the lactate acid. Yeah. yeah it starts to build and, oh, yeah, and you're starting to think about other things. And, yeah. So got the heart rate back down, you know, so that was manageable. I think we managed, I think it was 187 for the race. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then we just cruised, oh, I just cruised along. I was like, you had a pace car. Yeah. So wherever they sat, and they were about 100 metres in front, I just literally followed them. So I had no idea of the route. Yeah. And the crowds, like, are they amazing? Oh, that's great. Yeah. I've just heard, only and, heard good oh, things about New York. Oh, look, Washington was good. Oh, it, it's a... They're not chalk and cheese, but they're different. Yeah. Well, yeah, you start, like at Washington, being a Marine Corps marathon, you sit there, the Star Spangled Banner, um, it's all military people. Um, you're going, you know, it's right at the start of Arlington Cemetery. Yeah. Um, 
go bang big cannon goes off jump a mile I think what was that <laughs> yeah, we're off crap damn yeah it was oh yeah and the adrenaline's pumping you know and and New York was like okay we're, you know because you've been sitting around a lot longer than I did the week before okay and then literally they crawl you out to the start line such a stale's pace there's no mm. warm up mm. so all you can do is stretch 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 and all of a sudden we got to where the, the bottom of the bridge and the ladies made a mistake and go oh no no we've got to go here which is just where i was so oh, straight up straight on the front so uh, fantastic luck. spot yeah and it is it's luck so uh, but when you get going it's like i reckon be every couple of k's there's a band playing yeah um, and the different burrows and stuff, like you notice. Oh, like, I got asked that right at the end. Yeah. Um, the lady who, the secretary of the New York Runners Club, um, came up and she was chatting away. She said, Oh, so what did you think of all the burrows? What burrows? Oh, I had no idea. My white head was down. My heart rate was at 185. The only thing I, I noticed, I couldn't tell what. Do you know what? This might sound really, really bad. I don't mean it to be. Mm. Right, but the Jewish people with the long hair, the mm, curly, yep, coming out of the hat, yeah, yeah. yep. they're the only ones I saw. Yeah, and like yeah, as in you really noticed. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what borough that was. Yeah, yeah, but um, a couple of things they tell us, you know, when you pump your ties up, don't go too hard. Yeah, look out for the manhole covers. Yeah, and my God, they are everywhere. Yeah, They're, I've never seen so many manhole covers. I mean, I, we raced in Canada a few years ago, and there was a lot there, but New York, oh, I thought I'd dodge one. I found two others that I think, oh, just don't punch up. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when we've got about um, 30Ks in, I think, not now, not now. Just don't punch it now. And that was going through your mind. So at that stage, you're looking back and stuff to try to get oh, a glimpse of yeah. where, yeah. I was trying, oh, look, after I can about, after 10K, yeah, we really settle into a rhythm, pushing away. Then you go over the Brooklyn Bridge. And you go from this big crowd, it's bands pumping out music and you think this is great coppers going yo yo yeah. Yeah. donuts in their hand coffee yeah. <laughs> that was funny um and then also you go over the bridge and you go i mean it's quiet and you're not used to it yeah. and you got the tt helmet on which yeah. is quiet yeah and also you think oh and what's this noise i can hear a noise oh no oh it's like a puncture yeah. and you're going across a road that gets iced on so their road has slots across it so as you go across the road, it breaks up the ice. And I'm trying to figure out, I reckon halfway going up this bridge, going, oh, I've got a puncture. Do I need to stop? Please don't tell me I've got to stop. What's this noise? Because it's so quiet. Yeah. And there's no crowds, no nothing. And it took me, literally, it took me forever to figure out, it has to be. It has to be these little lines across the road. I think, oh, oh, I feel okay now. That's what you're hitting, yeah. Yeah, you are. And you are, you're hitting at a fair pace, you know. And then you get over the bridge and I'm thinking, oh yeah, here's my car sitting there, my motorbike copper, follow him, yep. Oh, where are we going now? Oh, we've got a brake light on. Brake light, bro. Oh my God, there's a big hairpin down the bottom here. Hit the brakes, hit the brakes, hit the oh, And you see all those hay bales. You know, I can see why they're yeah. there. It's a turn around there. That was about, I don't know, halfway, about 20k in. Yeah. And um, that was the scariest part because I didn't know there was a... Big turn there, mm. had no idea. Didn't Boy. study the course map the night before. It's different. Oh, because yeah. you're on it, you don't, and, and you're doing like, you know, you're going downhill, so I'm hitting like 75k now. Mm. Yeah, 75 So I'm not doing like running pace. Yeah, yeah. I'm smacking it out. Not 15 or 20k yeah, now, yeah. yeah. So you really do all of a sudden, you know, a lot of things going through your head going, 
Oh, yeah, just hold me low vehicle. Now, what was your brake lights on for? Oh, my old shit, old brake, brake, brake. They hit it. Get in the corner. Yeah. Then accelerate again. It's a lot of things that go for you mind really quick. Because mm. um, we were raced, you won it in an hour 23. Like, yeah, it's a bit slow. But in saying that, compared to marathon, is where it's, you know, two hours 10, yeah. the winner might be, or two hours 8, or yeah. Yeah, it's different. I, don't, but, uh, and I felt really bad afterwards. Yeah. Uh, what, telling everyone you'd finished it in an hour 23? Well, we'd finished and um, we'd gone back to the hotel. Then we went out, we went out shopping, <laughs> and we went to markets and. Uh, and whatnot, and then we come back to the hotel, get some lunch, yeah. and people are still coming in. Oh, how'd you go? Found it in the elevator. How'd you go? Did you have a great race? How'd you feel? Yeah. Yeah. How long did it take you? Oh, six hours. Well done. Fantastic. <laughs> I go, how'd you go? <laughs> yeah, I did okay. Did all right, yeah? So how'd you go? Oh, one. You won. You won. Fantastic. Yeah. What'd you do it in? And they're going, six hours, I think. Oh, one hour, 23. What? <laughs> You're kidding me? Seriously? Going, um, and you felt really bad. Yeah. It's not that you won, but yeah. you just felt, oh my God, yeah. and here's me pumping them up saying, look, fantastic. Yeah. And you did uh, and all day, yeah. it was great. It's um, the amount of camaraderie mm. blows you away. It yeah. really does. And like, just giving the lift, never seen these people in my life. How'd you go? Yeah. Did you have a great race? That's did you great, enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. It was really really great you know and people from all over the world yeah. didn't matter what language yeah how'd you go oh good That's good great, good yeah. yeah these Japanese people oh hello oh six hours yeah oh fantastic yeah yeah, yeah it's funny you know but yeah. when they ask you you go oh I can't tell you I did an hour and a half you know no, yeah. I can't do that what stage did you know you had it sewn up can you remember like was there a distinctive moment you thought okay once I hit Manhattan yeah honestly um I was looking and looking and looking, and it's hard because lots of shadows. Yeah. Lots of shadows. And I just kept following me about white copper. And I'm thinking, oh, wherever you go, I'm going, you know. And my mirror's like, if that's you know, a bit of a visual, but yeah. that's my Garmin. Yeah. My mirror's here. So, so above you, your Garmin, yeah. So you look and you can see straight over your helmet at all times, you know. And you're just going, oh, can I see? Oh, is that someone there? And it's a bit of a mind game. Yeah. Because you're in these, the buildings cast such big shadows, yeah. you're really straining to look at, I don't know, go harder, go harder. Yeah, same time you're on 60k down oh, right. yeah. <laughs> And you're trying to like, negotiate these manhole covers and um, there's, there's all those police barricades up everywhere. Yeah, so you don't want to hit a copper. Um, <laughs> I'll probably go under a barricade. Um, miss the manhole covers, look out for people behind you like if anyone's coming and then keeping an eye on you know, what's going on in front of you like on your speedo and all this mm. um, but once we hit Manhattan I thought I knew where I was because mm. we were staying there not far from um, um, Central Park Central Park yeah so we trained there every day so once I got to that area I think mm, I know where I am now okay you can relax. not relax but I knew where I was start to enjoy it a bit like oh, the, once I hit Central Park that's when it was like oh, I'm going to win the New York yeah. Marathon yeah. It, it, it was it yeah. was like, you can blow a tyre I'm getting home yeah um, the only dodgy part and it was kind of like you said the goosebumps coming now it was a fantastic experience um, when we turned into Central Park it wasn't where I was expecting it was a really sharp turn I always tip the bike over yeah okay. I thought, oh I don't lose it now because <laughs> you don't know you're still looking behind yeah but once I hit Central Park I thought no I'm home and host here 
this is great. And the surface in Central Park's nice and smooth, mm. it's hot mix. Yeah, okay. Us, you know? Yeah. So, um, and because I've been training around there every day, I know where I am, okay, no worries, you can go hard here. Yep, yep, look, can't, I can't see what, and you really could soak it up. I mean, you've got all the, uh, the grandstands are full, mm. uh, the guy in the speaker system, you can hear it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, here you go, Michael Taylor from Australia, and you go, fuck, how good is this? And I'll oh, look, sorry, but you are, you really, it's an emotional last imagine. couple of Ks. Yeah. Um, and when they, um, when they were, like, giving us the briefing, um, Oh, when you finish, like everyone, you finish on the right-hand side. Yeah. I don't know why they just do. And when I'm coming out, they're telling me to go to the left-hand side. And they're on the right, but the finishing baton was on the left. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, where do I go? Yeah, I said, oh, so I went to the right. Because you don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, across the, and I, oh, yeah. Um, could have, yeah, shed a tear, I can tell you now. Yeah. It was such an emotional, but the last, the last section coming up the hill, because you flat gas coming down the hill and then you got these little rise. Yeah. It's not a big rise. I've seen it on the footage and stuff. Just kind of it's gradual. Just, yeah, it's yeah. just a gradual. It's, and it's not enough to, to really dig. Oh, it is because you, you're buggered. Um, but it's just enough to, to take the wind out of your sails. Mm. Yeah, and I'd hate to have a spring finish. Mm. A bit yeah. of pain in the ass, yeah. But, and I think that's the idea of it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it's just being able to soak it up by yourself. Mm. Um it was great and I suppose for me on a personal it was great having the family there mm. like they don't get to see me oh they're over seeing me racing you know they, yeah. they travel around years ago and, but when we went over there and they actually got to be right at the finish line so as I crossed the line they were right there so that was such a um, emotional roller coaster mm. for me to have them there as well and the finish food was definitely unexpected mm. and my wife was with um, another American lady Whose husband was racing? Yeah. So she was on the on the um the phone app. Oh yeah, tracking. Just tracking. You, yeah. And she said, he's leading. He's leading. She said, no, it must be a uh, something. Yeah. <laughs> he's leading. He's leading. And so yeah, everyone's all excited. Yeah. Um, like the people were with her all excited. So yeah, no, it was really really good. Yeah. You know? Um, and then you don't know what to do. Yeah. You cross the line and everyone's photos and um everyone wants to say hello and and then we get ushered out. Yeah. Um, but then it's the, the downside. Mm. Yeah. Then there's no dice, no presentation. Yeah. Um, well, you get ushered. Literally, we get ushered out off the course, out the back, um, into a street because you need chairs and where they're going to park. Um, and that was basically it. So why is that? Like, I'm a massive fan of running. You know, I had to do a bit of research just to understand the. Uh, you know the hand bike stuff yeah, today yeah. like i and i'm i suppose without the kurt family profile for the um wheelies like i probably wouldn't have known a lot about that in the first place like does it sometimes it's a funny one because like and especially between the uh, i don't think the hand bikes but i don't think the track the guys in the track chairs who do the marathons mm. don't like the hand bikes yeah i think the, how they look at it um is a hand bike is a bike and the track chair is running okay so but so using a bike on a running course they yeah, look at it that way but and but my argument is well, it's not an argument what i say to people who say that to me is like i don't put the event on yeah i said you know new york road runners put the event on and I they just let us it. in yeah i just enter it 
Um, I didn't ask him to put it on. It's been going a long time. Yeah. Um, and they just say, oh, yeah, but I said, look, I, you can't argue. You, know, you can have a discussion about it. It's not, not worth arguing over it, but it's a, it's a touchy one mm. you know, because the guys in the track chair certainly do a, a big job. You know, it's a hard gig for them as well. Mm. Um, but it's just different. Mm. Yeah. Um, what kind of time do they do it in comparison? Like an hour twenty-three for you is that? Well, I was catching them. Yeah, I've got to say, were you coming yeah. through them yeah. during the race? So, and it's, it's funny. Like I, I never realised as you're coming through, they've also got a um, a guy on a bike navigating them. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that in big races before. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. So I'm going through. Oh, it's a guy on a bike trying to dodge out of his way. The other guy on a track chair. So you're catching the back of the field. I reckon about twenty-five k in. Yeah. Um, you start working your way oh, you know, through them. Mm. I shouldn't say them, through the hand, through the track chairs. Um, yeah, which I wasn't ex- oh, I wasn't expecting, um, but it's just something different. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bit of a sour taste, I guess, in the end. Mm. Um, and as I, as I said at the start, like, we didn't go in expecting to win, so we didn't expect anything from it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we certainly had a great time when you go to the, uh, you know, collect your numbers. Yeah, the uh, expo and oh, things like that. Blows your way. Yeah. yeah. I can and imagine. you look around, and you go, oh, oh, look at this. Yeah. Yeah, it's all for running, but yeah. there's stuff you could use as well. And that um, motivates you as well. It still motivates oh, it's you. it's exciting. You're still on the road the next day or yeah, the next yeah, few days exactly. after. Yeah, exactly. But it's just the excitement, the build up. So it's great to be uh, involved and aware of it. Mm. Um, it's just a different way of looking at it, I guess. Mm. You know? Do a lot of the marathon majors do hand bikes as yes. well? Yeah. Except Australia. Except so yeah, you, so you can't have a no. you can't race no. a marathon in Australia. No. Yeah, right. But like Berlin, Boston. Berlin, Boston, Boston. They, yeah, Boston. Yeah, right. Guy did an hour and five. Yeah, hour five. Um, guys in Europe, I think. Heidelberg, Heidelberg, yeah. under an hour. Yeah, right. Um, Fifty-eight minutes. Oof. Yeah. Um, so yeah, most of the major marathons in Europe and in America um, have a hand cycle division. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's gaining more uh, popularity, I guess, in, especially in America, because a lot of their return service events mm. are coming out, and they're getting, not forces in the right way, but they're getting uh, like equipment. And a lot of them are getting into, the, into a hand bike to keep fit, keep yeah. motivated together as a group they train together um and i suppose that's the idea of the um marine corps marathon they all get an entry into that yeah okay yeah they were a free so week. really celebrate it then. yes oh look and, and it's great to hear them talk and it's great to see them out there yeah it really is um but something like that in australia would be great but mm. it's just about gaining that momentum yeah and that awareness as well around the yeah yeah, yeah. um but it's just uh, um but yeah, it was a bit disappointing. Like when we finished, um, even the lady who uh, runs Achilles, which is a, a disability group, which you have to enter through. Yeah. So, oh, how'd you go? Oh, I won. Oh, really? <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, oh, where's second place? I said, I don't know. I don't yeah. know, no idea. Yeah. And I was eight minutes late or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's. Um, 
yeah, just um, a bit of a sour taste. Yeah, a bit of a kind of a sideshow to the main event. Like you often feel like... Felt like it. Yeah. It really did. We're putting this on, we're ticking a box and we're supporting you at the same time when you're like... In the end, that's how it felt. Yeah. And it probably shouldn't come across that way. Mm. Yeah, well, if you're going to put it on, you should celebrate the same way you celebrate the other categories. Well, that's right. I mean, it's the only category that doesn't win anything. Yeah. Yeah, I read that on an article about you today. I think you did with ABC, just saying that... um, yeah, no prize money. Or anything. So the wheelies get prize money. Yes. The runners get prize money, yes. but the hand cyclists. Yeah. You guys, you guys get, I think, uh, oh, yeah, airfare, yeah. accommodation, oh, prize be, money, be, watch. Yeah, about $200,000 for the win at New York or something like that, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty good yeah. payday for those Kenyans and Ethiopians that take the win there every year. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. But like, um, Kurt, I'll just an example, you know, the top wheelchair guys, they've got airfare, accommodation. Yep. Um, Appearance. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they get well looked after. Yeah. They work hard for that status as well. You know what it's like to get to get that level. They they work bloody hard at it and are really really good at it as well. You know. Um, but you just like a level playing field, I guess. Um, Is there opportunities? In, sorry to interrupt, but are there opportunities in the cycling world for races that you can go to get airfares and prize money and appearance um, fee and stuff like that? Not in Australia. Not in Australia. Yeah, okay. In Europe, you can do it. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot bigger. Um, uh, goldfish bowl yeah over there um the biggest race in europe which is in france they probably um attract i think they cap it at 250 hand bikes yeah right yeah so imagine trying to line up 250 hand bikes open slather yeah and it's like bang full gas and this may seem naive but is everyone who's entering in those hand bikes um somebody with a disability and no use of their legs or is it people who are interested in it and can get in the chairs and have a crack no no there is an open class yeah so um i think it's h0 like we run h1 two three four five yeah um h1 and two are for quads um, three, four, and five, or three and four for paras, different levels. H5 is basically amputees, but I think they have a, I think it's a H0, and that's for able bodied people, yeah, who are interested in, like, you know, some of the manufacturers. Yeah, well, inclusive's good, isn't yeah. it? Like, it's, yeah. yeah, and they go hop in the bike, see what it's like, and um, you might find, oh, look, let's go for a ride, you know, I've got a spare bike, yeah, well, come on, we'll go for a ride. Yeah. Company's good, yeah, conversation, exactly. exactly. So, there I'll, is opportunity. I'll vlog you out down the road for a few hours. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. So there is opportunity, um, and, and it's good to have a, a camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. It's just um, it'll gain momentum, but whether or not it'll gain a, enough momentum in Australia, mm. I don't know. Yeah, it's like a generational thing. Like just keep. I think it's just a numbers game. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's the the management accepting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the way it's moving at the moment mm-hmm. yeah. there's, there's not a lot of um, well there still is I shouldn't say there isn't but it just seems hand bikes are taking over more than track chairs um, and it, it's just the way it is yeah you know, for, for a long long time track chairs were the most dominant things in athletics for um, people in wheelchairs yeah um, whereas now the hand bike seems to have uh, just taken over that yeah and you can Dealing both. And it's a Paralympic sport as well. It is, yeah. yes. Yeah. So can you do the marathon at the Paralympics or is it a no. 10K or track race? No, or we only have a, um, a time trial and a road race. Yeah. Um, but it makes it really hard. Like, just I, I can only say from Australia's point of view because 
train. Yeah. Um, when you look at our structure, we um, have a, a track and a road. Um, so if you can do, if you're an, uh, a, a, um, a more able-bodied cyclist, yeah. um, with a disability, who can do track and road, you have more opportunity. So they'll pick you on a team because they can chuck you in the track t- on the track and the you road. You might be able to do two events, maybe and you're three only events. taking out one bed in the yeah in the, on, on the, the team, on the yeah. team. Yeah. yeah. And Ben, you know what it's like on a team. Yeah. So numbers. Oh well, I haven't been on a team, but yeah, no, I, but you know I study I mean? it closely. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. You have yeah. to. We kind of look at it and we report on it on the podcast and things yeah, like that. Yeah, right. yeah. So and you look at it, whereas with the, the hand bikes, it's really road. Mm. Yeah. So it's a tough. Um, Although you might qualify, does mean you'll get selection, mm. and that and that can be a, a tough bit of pill to swallow. Yeah, I could imagine because communication isn't flash. Yeah. Um, so when you read the guidelines and you, you see, uh, oh, I've got a, if I've got a speed of thirty eight k's an hour that I have to qualify at, and I do thirty nine. I think oh, beauty got the time, got, got the, the time, qualifier, done, done it during the qualifying period. Yep, ticked all the boxes. Done it twice, done it three times now. Yes. Why not get selected? So is that all? Does it come down to selectors' discretion then? Like, because you qualified to give the listeners some. You qualified. Say, yeah, you can't qualified for London and you, qualified for Rio. Yeah, it's such a tough been thing to um, uh, when you're still in that mix. Yeah. Don't want to throw too much shit. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. You know what I mean. But um, the black and white is that you're qualified and you haven't been picked. Yeah. yeah. And you'll keep trying to qualify and yeah, hopefully well, you do get picked. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I've been on teams and gone the worlds and. It's uh, as I said, I did deal with the devil last year. Yeah, what do you mean by that? You mentioned well, that before. We had I had a phone conversation um, with the high performance team, um, do well at nationals, and literally I got told the course at nationals doesn't suit me. Okay, because it's a hilly course. Yeah, doesn't suit my style of riding. But the the courses for World Cups and World Titles this year, next year, and the year after are flat. Yeah, which suit my style, um, and because I've been going so well consistently, you know, just do well at nationals, mm. and you'll go away to worlds, yeah, you know, world cups. Got a spot for you? Yeah, you know, haven't? No, because you've been in the world like three times before. You've been yep. to Canada, Denmark, and then Canada again, yeah. 2009, 2010, yeah. 2011. Yeah, and then I made the qualifying time for. Uh, the next one was US. Um, and literally, I beat the guy who. That would have been after. Um, after London. And the guy who got silver in the time trial beat him in the road race. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, yep, yeah, I've qualified, I've done well. Yeah. No, I can't. Yeah, right. Did yeah. they take him? Yeah. 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 And I reckon I spent the next two years just. Just motivated. <laughs> just gobsmacked. Yeah. I did. I, I was just. I, I'm, yeah, and you do that. Does your head in? Do you like have an opportunity to appeal or ask for reasoning or anything like that? Um, I had a two-minute conversation. Yeah. With the coach, the head coach, um, I reckon ninety seconds was him saying you're not going. Yeah. Um, and me just trying not to cry. Yeah. Like I, part of my role at the time was I also ran the national series. Yeah. Um, so once he told me, I started to get. I had to go up, present everyone. Tell everyone congratulations, um, hand out medals, and uh, so kind of like, 
Sucked. Yeah, Absolutely. Did my head in. Um, yeah, two years, I reckon. And how do you deal with that as a person? Like, do you use it as motivation and fuel for the fire? And when it's minus two um, in the morning during I winter? I really struggled. I really did. I, I struggled big time for a while. Um, and then I just started doing more bunch rides mm. and just chatting. And Amongst the guys. Yeah, yeah. And it just helped. Mm. Just break it up a bit and stop thinking too much about it. Um, and now... Yeah, I just yeah, yeah, I, I um, yeah, I just I did my head in, like you know, we had the phone conversation at the end of January this year, and um, I was a bit bitter towards the family, yeah. not not towards them, but I was yeah, just, yeah. But I was just a bit annoyed, angry kind of mood, and people and, got to um, live with you and things like and that. that. Cause they knew knew about it as well. Yeah, you know? I told my wife straight away, and uh, so she knew. Um, and when I had the conversation, she was devastated for me but it doesn't help uh the mood it puts you in you know yeah. the, the, the psychological mind of it yeah um but now it's just a case of like looking you know, at um we'll, we'll play again next year you know mm. we'll, now with because our, our dates have changed and courses have changed mm. and you know you got to get your head around it and you know, uh, well, we'll play. We'll just keep playing. Yeah. You know, and we'll control what you can control as well. And No, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, there's stuff that's outside of my control. Yeah. So there's no point worrying about it. Yeah. You can waste um, a lot of mental energy on that stuff, don't you? You can. Yeah. I went to a shrink for that. Did you? Yeah, right. I did. Yeah, yeah. Mindfulness and all this. And you, you do. It, it helps. Yeah. It helps, you know. Um, yeah, don't, don't think about stuff that you can't control. Mm. There's no point. Yeah. Um, just control what you can control because it's what you're in charge of. Mm. And just put your best foot forward. Mm. Yeah. That, that's sometimes easier said than done because you do have to do the early Ks or mm. early miles and it can be cold, it can be wet, it can be hot. Um, but sometimes, yeah, that's what you're in control of. Mm. We're going backwards in the Michael Taylor life story here, oh, but take me back to... To the accident, you were 34, motorbike well, um, accident. Motorbike like... accident, I was an electrician by trade, um, and I was coming back from um, Ocean Grove, around mm. Hollows, and literally I was coming back to get ready for work, and just literally, oh, I would have been not even 4Ks from home. Living at Kerrang at the time? No, no, we're in Buller. Buller. We're in Melbourne. Okay, yeah, right. So between Diggers okay. Rest and the airport. Yeah, outskirts there, yeah. Yep, um, and... No idea what happened, don't remember the accident. Um, but from talking to the police, they tend to think I was clipped by uh, another vehicle. They found my, mir my driver's side mirror like 200 metres back. And I think, oh, we think you've been hit, but this couldn't prove anything. So, and again, don't dwell on it because mm. I can't remember it. So, um, no one came forward or anything, though? Like, no, was, yeah, no, they no. just found you on the side of the road or something? Yeah, Is that pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, all I remember is I woke up, there was a police officer standing above me, and I was in my leathers, and my phone rang, which was in my jacket. Front pocket, yeah. And um, the police officer answered it, it was my dad. And he, he couldn't say too much, um, just that I'd been in an accident. And then uh, my wife, oh, sorry, my dad rang my sister, who's living in Ocean Grove. My sister went around to my wife, you know, we only been married nine months. Mm. Michael's been in an accident. What? What are you talking about? You've been in an accident? When? Yeah, she had no idea. Especially when you hear motorbike accidents as well, because there's not much protection from there's, you. No, there's not much everything at all. else. Yeah. And it wasn't like it, it, the good thing about it was the police. You know, there was no speed involved. It was just 
an accident. Yeah. Um, yes, we think there was nobody, somebody else involved. We don't know. Can't prove it, but um, it was just an accident. So uh, makes me feel a bit better in that aspect. I wasn't looking stupid. Um, but the wife was six months pregnant. So a lot going on. Um, so then I missed the helicopter ride to, the, to Alfred. I missed that. Heard the blades, but that's about it, you know. Um, and then I think I woke up. I woke up at Alfred, and then I got taken to the Austin. Yeah. And then I spent a month there. Um, real emotional roller coaster. Oh, I can real, imagine. Like your life gone. One minute you're coming home from oh. holidays, the next minute you're in well, in the helicopter and stuff like it. It's, it's not that. The, the hardest part is that, like, you can't um, do anything. Mm. It, um, I mean, you know, in a way, I, I was lucky when I was in the Austin. I was in a room with four other people, and the guy directly opposite to me was a um, a quad. He'd been in the chair quite a while. And um, at night time, everyone else is asleep. What do you do? You talk. So he was great. I could ask questions and try and get your head around. So at this stage, did you know that you wouldn't have use of your legs? No, you still hoping. doctor's talent? Yeah, you're okay. still hoping. Yeah. Like they'll come in and I'll say, oh, look, you know, it could be um, spinal shock and um, it's still early days. And then when you're laying in bed, you know, your foot would move and your toe would twitch. And you'd, oh, say that, say yeah. that. God's up, God's up. And the nurses are just... Yeah, no, you're right. No, 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 move, mate, move, yeah? Yeah. And you're really clinching at anything because you have to, you know? Um, it's yeah. hope's a big thing, isn't it? Oh, and look, after a month of watching the walls you know, of, the, of a room, you got a bit stir crazy. Um, so then from there, you get transferred uh, to Royal Talbot, part of the Austin, which is rehab. Um, three months there, you learn how to do. You felt like a baby, mm. you know, because there's so much you need to learn. Like, um, you can't even dress yourself. Um, you got to learn how to go to the toilet again, mm. medication, um, physio. You're so um, reliant on your on your legs that you don't realise. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, how to wheel, how to do a chair. Yeah. <laughs> so at this stage they're like you're in the chair like there's no well you, you need to I suppose get ready for that they get you yeah, yeah start so you down you, that path yeah, yeah. so you, you start practicing wheelchair skills and um, there's a lot of demeaning stuff that goes on because it has to mm-hmm. um, you know how do you go to the toilet well you know you gotta do this you gotta do that you, uh, I can't feel that you know, nurse is going oh I'm glad mm. I think oh okay um, but you learn to cope and deal with it, and um, some of it's not pretty. Some of it you make it look easy. Um, it just it just varies, mm-hmm. and I think it depends on your personality after a while as to how you take it on. Yeah, and there's some people who I know who still struggle to accept it, and you hate to say that depression is a big thing. Mm. Yeah, and um, how you deal, how you cope, and who you blame. There's no one. You, know, you can't blame anyone, you know. But um, some people just don't accept it. Did you go on. through different head spaces there, or is it like pretty oh, defined? Oh, lucky. Yeah, was you lucky. were straight away straight like, away. I oh, accept this. Yeah. Um, New York. Yeah. No idea as to why. Um, I've been asked that many times. So I, I couldn't give you a definitive answer as to why. I just look. That's it. Nah. Let's just get on with it. Yeah. Um, it just 
just clicked. Do you think because your wife was pregnant as well and expecting a child at that time? Like, did that almost distract you and give you oh, it was a great perspective distraction. as no, well? it was a great yeah. distraction because, like, uh, while we're at the Royal Talbot, you know, we had to get doctor's checks and buy baby stuff and um, we had to go buy different baby stuff. And again, I didn't want to get a chair in there. How about the little kid? Can yeah. I nurse it? Um, my daughter's first two weeks was still in the rehab hospital. Yeah, right. So we actually got to go see the birth. Um, so, you know, you roll in there, you're all gowned up, and wow. Yeah. And the doctor's looking at you going, oh, you're going to check. Yeah, mate, yeah, it's yeah, all good. Yeah. But it, it's just, um, yeah, it's, um, so it was great. It really was great. You know, it took your mind off things and gave you something to focus and look forward to, you know. Um, and then you go back to the hospital and you know, the new baby smells like a new car smell mm. until I throw up in it. Um, but no, that was great. Um, and being the last two weeks of my rehab, you know, I suppose it just made it sweeter. Uh, but you have just got to learn a lot and I suppose you just adapt. Mm. You just have to. You know? But there's lots of uh, pinfalls along the way. Lots of crashes. Yeah. You know, I fell out the chair a few times and Oh, yeah, yeah. How long did it take you to find the hand cycle stuff? Um, when I was an apprentice, I, was, I met a guy um, on a train, actually, and um, we started chatting. And I had a bike with me, just to ride from the train station to the, to the depot, which is about five k's or something. Yeah. Um, and then we just started chatting away, and he got me into riding. So when um, during my apprenticeship, I'd, I'd race down Footscray and, and whatnot. And then um, when I was at the rehab hospital, they had these uh, come and try days. So all these different people would come in with different sports. Mm. Um, a guy for archery uses his toes, um, bike, water skiing, snow skiing, uh, motorbike riding. Uh, look, there's no sport you can't do. That's pretty good, isn't it? It's they bring different. that in though, isn't it? Like, it is, it's yeah. great. You know? Your eyes just light up that day oh. and you're like, which one am I going to have a crack Oh, it's here? amazing. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's so, it's a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Yeah, and especially because like you think everything's taken away from you. Yeah. To see it all unfold, and you go, oh, well, you can still do all that. Yeah. And you don't realise how much opportunity there is to do things. Yeah. So it's really a great incentive. Yeah. Wheelchair basketball, wheelchair rugby. Uh, oh, look, there's so many. You can still go swimming and um, swim like a brick, but I can still go swimming. Yeah. Um, so there's so many different things. And then, yeah, the handbike came along, oh, like this. Oh, this is really cool. Started riding around the gym, and I thought, oh, yeah, I could do this. Yeah, and then um, we eventually got one. And then once we got it home, it was quite funny. I, I think my first ride, I'd gone with a kilometre. I thought, oh my God, what have I done? Arms oh, are aching. Oh, man. Shoulders. Heart rate killing. through the roof. Oh, I had no idea about heart rate yeah. then. No idea. So lucky to go, just, <laughs> oh, come turn me around. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, I like it, usually like to tell a story where my first race, my first nationals I went to on this bike, and I thought, oh, I've been training well, I've been doing great, you know. I don't know about that, I'm windy, so I'm doing really well, you know. And it was at, uh, in Perth, Kings Park. Got flogged, yeah. absolutely smashed by 37 minutes by a guy called Peter Allen. It took me years to catch him, absolutely years. We get on great now, but oh yeah, look, the first race I've been going, oh, I'm going to go really well here. I'm going to do really, really well. I went really, really bad. Yeah, but sometimes that's good, isn't it? To get no, it smashed was. and done. No, no, it was. It was great. Yeah. It was a great look. 
Now I look back at it and um, seeing how far, you know, what they've done and what they do, and you know, it's a learning curve and um, a great way to meet new people, um, and especially being new to a chair as well. So it was a good opportunity to say, how do you do this, how do you do that, and, and different perspective. Um, made different bikes and um, how long you been in the chair and, and all, all the questions that you can ask. And you find the people in chairs are really open. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing really off limits. It's quite a case of um, what do you want to know? Okay, this is how I'd explain it to you. Yeah, and it may not be the best terms, but you'll get the gist of it. You know, and everybody uses basically the same products and uh, the same things, but some of them just might have a different technique of doing it. Mm. And everyone's quite open to it. So the handbike. Seeing other people in hand bikes was, was great. I had to transfer out of that. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. Oh, it's just practice. Mm. Really? Yeah, you put your foot here and you twist there. And, oh, tried that once and fell out and had to call the wife to come pick me up off the floor. And, yeah. Uh, isn't it the hard way? You know? But you do, you try, you go home, and everyone's quite happy to show you different things. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, you know, and it, I reckon it took me a good four years to catch Pete. Yeah, right. And I pinned him back and pinned him back and pinned him back. Poor bugger. Don't seem for us now. <laughs> and did you find like people in general would be often a bit standoffish about not wanting to ask the questions, whereas you'd be happy to talk about it? But Yeah, it's a funny one. Um, like when we first had the accident, you lose a lot of friends. Mm. And I think it's a case of... Well, do you figure out who your real friends are? A bit of both. Yeah. yeah a bit of both. But some came back, and I think it was more... Um, just not too sure how to approach it, mm. you know. Um, you're definitely not the same person. Um, I came from six foot one, you know, I was 110 kilo, mm. 103, 105 kilo, um, to four foot nine. Mm. Um, but it's yeah, it's just chalk and cheese. And quite a few friends have come back now that they can see that you're more mobile. Um, and not as fragile. Mm. Or is that when you first had the accident? Um, yeah, not too, not too sure. I had a few people wanting to ask questions but not knowing. But had others, uh, I suppose they just didn't know. Didn't know how to cope. Yeah. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know how to. And they just drifted away. And that's okay. Yeah, but that's, um, that's the way life goes. Have you noticed that's changed though? Like more the years that go oh, on, yeah, yeah. people are more well, yeah, you approachable. Well, see, I suppose now people, people see me in a chair. Yeah. Yeah, people, we met, I was in already in Yeah. So it's quite no different. That's yeah. how you met me. So um, the hardest part was getting inside the front door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's that's how you, now you see me, how you've met me. You, If I saw us to stand up and walk in, you'd be like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I suppose, the perspective I look at now. People mm. just see me in the chair. Because were you into sport and, like, keeping yourself fit and healthy and motivated before um, the accident? I've been self-employed. Yeah. Um, Working pretty hard. Yeah, and just hours. time. Yeah. I'd get out on the mountain bike or go for a walk. But um, when I was an apprentice, I was great. Yeah, lived in Sunbury. Um, I'd cycle out to Newport mm. and home, yeah, for work. Um, but... Yeah, once you work for yourself, it's just different dynamics, mm. you know. But once I had the accident, it was kind of like, well, hmm, I like the idea of this, yeah. And I mean, you could have chosen 
many sports. Mm. Yeah, um, it was just one that uh, attracted to me. So and he kind of just runs with it. Mm. Yeah, you meet a lot of people on the way, a lot of fantastic people. Some not so fantastic, but still willing to give you time. Mm. Um, and you just gotta, I don't know, just move on, just accept it. Mm. Yeah. Have you learned a few things about yourself over the years? I'm a stubborn bastard. Um, <laughs> Which would be a good trait to have. No, it, like it is, it is, but it's hard on the, on the on wife and daughter sometimes. Yeah. Because you're hard on yourself. You expect that excellence kind of... I do. Yeah. Now, my, my daughter does cheerleading. And How old's your daughter? She, she's 14. Yeah, oh, would she have a sports star yeah. dinner? She, had, she was taking photos and stuff. I yeah, remember yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Well, she's 5 foot 11 and 14. Yeah. So she's tall. Um, but I'm... Because I'm driven... Yeah, like I'll get out in the ergo and smash out 50, 60 Ks at four o'clock in the morning because that's when my training is, you know? Yeah. Um, if her train, if she's not putting 110%, oh, I'm riding her. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing? Come on, come on, girl, come on, girl, come on, what are you doing? She's 14, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, I watch the tears. She wants to watch Netflix. And my wife's, yeah, my wife's coming, he's up, he's up, I mean, but uh, it's just, you just want to, you're just passionate. And you want her to get the best out yeah, of yourself. You do, you make do. the most of all the hours. No, and those that's exactly things. right. Yeah. You, you spend all this time and you think, look, and that, at the end of the day, you just want, as long as they do their best mm. and the best of their abilities, that's all you can ask, you know, and, and that's all you want. Mm. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's sport, school, work, as long as you do your best and put your best foot forward, I'm a happy camper, mm. but you just wanted to put their best foot forward mm. and do their best. Don't give me 90%. Mm. Yeah, you know, I ain't gonna wash too well, you know. Um, I don't expect it. Yeah, you know, if I go racing, I don't expect it. So if you go training and give me 75, 80, 90%, yeah, yeah, fire up, girl. Yeah, um, but I, yeah, my temperament, yeah, it's a family thing and it's. It gets hard, so yeah, she cops it a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I cop it back off my wife. <laughs> so it's a, it's a fine line. So that, especially leading up to a big race, it's yeah. worse because you're so um, switched on. Mm. Yeah, you, know, you, you just yeah, the family conversation is very short and sharp. Then, mm. um, like heading into New York, I think. You're over there, like you know, you're up at you know, five o'clock in the morning doing laps around Central Park. Come home, you're just waking them up. Yeah, let's go have some breakfast, and then you got to go sightseeing because yeah. you're there. You don't want to waste yeah. the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So you're already tired, uh, and you're leading up to this big race. So you're getting a bit edgy. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, I can't think of what it was. Bailey wanted um, Starbucks, and we were over at that time. <laughs> and with Starbucks in every corner, it's like, oh, it's such a little thing, and it was, you know, it's such yeah. a little, it's kind of like, oh, I went off my nut, you know, and after about, you know, two minutes of going, dickhead, what are you doing, my yeah. it's Starbucks, it's yeah. only coffee, yeah, you get a coffee, that's fine. I know what you mean. One of our co-hosts on the other podcast I work on, the running one, he had a race coming, a marathon over in Japan two yeah. weeks ago, and, um, yeah, he was. We were trying to change recording nights, and he was betting very short with us. Oh, and just that, uh, we all know the feeling. They like it's a week before the race. Right. Don't throw any spanners in the works. No, that's right. And my wife knows. My wife and daughter know that it's kind of like um, you got to live with it. Mm. Yeah, and the same as your partner. Yeah, yeah. You got. You just got to ride it out for that yeah. week. And, and once it's done, yeah, the emotional drain. You can just see it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's done. You know, and on both parties. 
Yeah, because you're zeroing off. 100%, yeah. Yeah, you've yeah. done your training, you put all these things, everything, all you ticked all your boxes, put everything aligned to, to, to succeed, and you've done everything you can. Mm. Yeah, so you're emotionally going, done. Mm. Yeah, you, you're checked in, you're, you're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, where you, your partner and your family go, just get out the door, it's all good, mm. we're good, yeah. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, we've got to go to do the race or get the job done, but they've got to sit on the sidelines and, oh, and be the supportive. Yeah, yeah, 100% it's such I agree. a tough gig, you know I mean? I know when we, when we travel, like, you know, um, you've got to take a pit crew, like, it's not like, being in a chair, you can carry, like, you know, we had this big bag I was carrying, and they all had bags, but then you got the, the, the hand bike, which mm. is about two metres long, spare wheels, mm. um, Toolkit and stuff, I'd have to say. Yeah, oh, you take a little bit, mm. take a little bit, but like you got another a kit bag, mm. yeah, for your race gear in there, helmets. Um, so someone's got to carry all that mm. crap, yeah. You know, like, and my and the poor family, yeah, and you're trying to negotiate your way through New York, and they're all getting short and sharp, and don't hit the bike, don't it, yeah. At the end of the day, like, fuck my boy, you know, yeah, <laughs> just, just we're always there. Yeah, and then when, once we finished New York, we had a funny one. We, a mate of mine had done the trip a few times, and he goes, oh, when you get to LA, because we spent a week in LA afterwards, he goes, check the bike in at the airport. He goes, you just go hire a car. I said, sweet, fantastic, you know, no worries. We get to LA, luggage isn't there, right? Nah. Um, but the bike is, so yeah, we said, all right, now, can we check the bike in? No, I can't do that anymore. Really? Oh, oh. So we hired this car, didn't really fit the bike. Yeah, right. So here we go, let's pull the bike apart, yeah. fit wheels in, yeah. literally my wife did a fantastic job. When we were leaving, so we had more luggage. Yeah. So I kind of took an, an hour to pack the back of the bike. Just pack to the car. airport car park. Oh, unbelievable. We went from a hotel to get some breakfast, which is about K down the road, had to repack the car. And there's a guy in the car right next to us. And he's watching my wife pack the car. And I reckon after an hour, he's gone, geez, you did well. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was oh, oh, there's no way no I could have done it. Yeah. Yeah, but she got it in there, she'd be able to shut the boot, shut the, um, the boot on it, and you think, oh, dude, the bike's, everyone's in. Yeah. And we could even fit the wheelchair. So it's yeah. like, not bad, not bad at all. Hats yeah. off to yeah. the support Oh, hats group. off, oh, yeah. I'm not wrong, yeah. And it wasn't any frustration, it's like, yeah, we're all done. Yeah. But it's kind of like, you can't do it without your family, you can't do it without you know, people helping out, and, and it's, not just the race day, it's the training as well. Mm. Uh, it's a long, uh, it's a long journey just to get there. Well, I'm sure you think about them when you're in training and it's no. early. And, nah, you don't. No. Don't no. use them for a bit of motivation when you're no. out on the roads. No, no, because they're in better sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you want to do them proud and stuff. Oh and no, you like don't get me wrong. Yeah. When, you, when you're going for a big race. Yeah, you, you play the mind games. Yeah. Uh, um, what can you draw on to get the best out yeah. of yourself? Yeah, oh, definitely. And you have to, I think. I yeah. think every athlete does. Um, but, yeah, when you're training all that, they're in better sleep. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah you want to be in their position. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But, like, and I say this to a lot of people, unfortunately, the groups that I've led to ride in, which are a bit more pacier, are on earlier in the morning. So if you don't get up and do those rides where you're getting pushed, Mm. Yeah, like yeah, I, I not that I get pushed, I get dropped. Mm. Yeah, so it's more motivation that the push harder to get back onto them mm. and stay with them. But they're on early in the morning. It's kind of, man, this just sucks. Yeah, 
Mm. Yeah, I'm like, hey, do you know, pro hours or something? Yeah, right? yeah. Start at nine, you know, but no, it doesn't work that yeah. way. You know, these guys all work. Yeah. Which is cool. What time do they go out in the mornings? Uh, usually, it's a, uh, most would be six o'clock start. Yeah. Which means you spend a bit of time in the dark then. Yeah, but like for a person in the chair, yeah. you're up at quarter past four. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. You go to the toilet, get dressed. You're not rolling out the door and just straight on the bike, yeah. No, no, you can't just jump up. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything takes time. Yeah, rolling around on the bed, you know, putting bike nicks on. You think, oh my God, don't fall out. Don't wake up the missus. Don't turn on too many lights. Yeah. yeah um, and it's just a case of everything takes a process. Yeah. Yeah, and then if I can get out of that garage by five, I'll go do a warm up for like 45 minutes and then you've got to go to the toilet because mm. you know, you've been moving around so then your bladder wants to go hello yeah go, oh not now yeah go, all right go find somewhere discreet you know um so you go to the toilet and then you probably got you know five ten minutes before the bunch starts you know yeah. so you're already done you know 16 17 18 k's before they started. started a lot of those guys would warm up though would they or oh, they yeah. just ride to the because yeah a lot okay. of them just ride there so with a group run, we kind of use the first two or three k as a warm up kind of thing, which is nice. So, uh, but they're, they're, the difference is because it's a faster bunch. Yeah, their pace is a lot okay. Quicker. So they use that as we're going hard for ninety k or whatever. Yeah. Not we're going to stuff around for twenty and then keep yeah, going for yeah. seventy. Yeah. So their pace you know, might be like um, quicker than what I'm used to. So I've just got to work harder to stay with them. Mm. Yeah, but for them, it's like, yeah, just a bit cruisy. Mm. And then they start to line up for the sprint. I'm going, hey, wait for me. Hey, hello, hello, I'm back here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they just pay. So you just got to work harder to stay with them, yeah. which is okay. Well, that's what you're there for in a way, no, isn't it? Like to get dropped exactly, and yeah, try exactly, hard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can change groups and uh, take an easier route, mm. or you can just go up a group and work harder. Mm. And it works. Yeah, some days you, you will go back to a group. Yeah. And it just, um, it varies on what you're doing in training, I guess, on your workload. It's a good lesson in life to get out of your comfort zone and put yourself up oh, against definitely. people that are going to tear you up. Ahead. Yeah. And get absolutely, mate, I, I go in one group, and I'm lucky to do like the first five k of them. Yeah. And then they're gone. I go up the hill, mate, halfway up the hill, they change the pace on me. And my, the arms versus legs syndrome. Yeah. Um, the legs change pace a lot quicker than what the arms do. Yeah. Once I go back a gear and start spinning, and all of a sudden they bang it up again. They go, oh no, not now. We're going up a hill. And you think, crap. So you, out the you, back. Oh, way out the back. I just pull out to the side and just watch them go past. And you think, no, I'm not going to get back in on the downhill. Like I'm faster downhill. Yeah. But their pace going up there. So you're on the on on the hill longer than what you are going downhill. So there's no way now you're going to get back on. So you think, oh, this is crap. I was going to put the headphones in and just yeah. go hard to a time trial. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes it gets frustrating like that. Yeah, uh, but uh, that's—it's oh, fascinating though for us, especially runners, to hear about you know a bit of an insight into the cycling world as well. It's different. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's the same theory, but just different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you, you can change groups, you can do different um, different ways of going about it. Mm. Yeah, different techniques. Uh, so many different ways. More, more than weighted, one way to skin a cat. Mm, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so you just got to look at different opportunities, different things that are out there. And especially now, like, especially in the cycling world where you've got uh, Zwift, the yeah, indoor trainer. Yeah, I've seen a bit of that popping up on yeah, Strava. Yeah. I think you can do it running now on treadmills and you can oh, okay. yeah, be virtually running and speed oh, wow. and Yeah, it's, oh, uh, it's been popping up. Okay. So, oh, okay, that'll be different. 
Yeah. But yeah, the tra- they're on the bike, it's popular. Yeah. yeah. And I was only reading, oh, I think it was a bit of a joke thing this morning, but it was like a Zwift anti-doping thing. Oh. And it's more to do with, they work on power to weight ratios. So people have been doping and getting on, well, getting on there and Yeah, they changed, no, they smashing changed, people. No, no, they changed their, uh, like, you know, if you're uh, racing at, uh, I think it's, say, three kilo per watt, but then you want to, you know, if you're in that category, but then you go down to say, you might go up to a three and a half kilo per weight. So you're in a, mm. a different category. Yeah. So you've got more advantage. So they can change your power output. Yeah. So I think they they can juggle it like that. So yeah. uh, Interesting. I'm yet to get into it too much. It's probably a good thing to stay, yeah, stay real, stay with the blokes and the... Oh, well, that's, yeah, it's probably start putting into my training program because I do, I can do it, you know. But it's kind of like, in this type of weather and climate, mm. why would you want to yeah. train indoors yeah. when you can go out in a bunch ride and get the same result? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, so it's kind of like, let's just cut that out and go out and do a bunch ride. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, it's a bit more social. Oh, it's the same with running it on a treadmill. Like, yeah. you take a group group or just outdoors any day of the week. Oh, that's right. And especially in the climate we live in. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's nice moment, up too. in guys, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice up in a Chugum, however. Oh, Bendigo's not bad. Bendigo's all right. Bendigo's yeah, good. Bendigo's a few right. more hills down there. I was down there last weekend just trying to get some hills in. Yes. But, um, well, Michael. That's, that's the big difference, the hills. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you come up here, it's just, it's open. Yeah. But it's just flat. Yeah. That's the only downside to it. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. the only disadvantage we've got. It yeah, is. Everything else is everything good. Else is fantastic. Just need some hills. Yes. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you, more than one. Yeah. Yeah. More than one. A decent hill. You yeah. Know? It's kind of, yeah, it's the toughest part, but it's just one of those things. You know? Bendigo just has that little bit of advantage mm. in that aspect. I always ask the guests to finish off if they've got a life quote or a mantra or a philosophy. Well, as I said it before. Yeah. They try to live their life by. Do your best. Do your best. Always. Do, oh, look, I say to my daughter all the time, you know, have fun. Because if you don't have fun, you're yeah. not going to want to do it. Yeah. Enjoy what you're doing. And do your best. Yeah, I tell my daughter all the time, just have fun doing it, but just go hard at do it. Do your best, Do yeah. your best. And if you don't, if you don't, look, you're not going to do your best, why are you doing it? Yeah. yeah you've got to enjoy it, but you, you will just do your best. Yeah, enjoy it in the first place and then do yeah. your best at it, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got to, you know, otherwise you just, I don't know, they just go together. Yeah. Pretty good way to finish on. Can the listeners uh, look you up on the internet? Strava, oh, where Strava, are we? Instagram, where can yeah, Strava, Instagram. People yeah, are like half interested. Facebook. What can they do? Oh yeah, it's all there. People follow me on Strava and they just go. Oh, yeah. You look at miles, you know. I did like I've got a couple of guys I ride with me at the moment. Go, oh, I think I was ahead of you last week. Oh, wait, really? How many k's are you guys talking? Like a week? Um, on a big week for me, might be four hundred and seventy k's. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my arms? My 160 running looks pretty <laughs> soft compared to that. I might do, uh, I usually on a Tuesday and Wednesday are my big days. Yeah. So 110. Um, on an easy recovery day, which is usually Monday, yeah, between 70 and 90. Yeah. But it's an easier pace, obviously. Yeah. Um, Saturdays is a good one, yeah, a good smash fest. Yeah. Get flogged. Yeah, it always is Saturdays, isn't it? I think yeah. in every sport, Saturday, you go hard. Yeah, it's a football crew. Yeah. Let's go play Saturday. Um, but yeah, look, Strava, yeah, 
more than Wagga, just go yep, for it. I'm yeah. there. Give we'll put all your handles and stuff in the show notes. And yeah, I really appreciate you sat in the car for an hour to drive up here today. And it's not like it's hard to do. Oh, but still, and it's we've time. Been meaning to do it for a long We have been meaning a bit of bit of Facebook been, message tag no, going on, it. but uh, yeah, it's good to finally it's just get been it timing, done. You know? Yeah, it's, uh, no, more than welcome, you know. More Thanks, than welcome. mate. Thanks for being so open with your time and stuff, and oh, just no, no sharing all those amazing stories with us. Oh, anytime. anytime. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoyed that one with Michael Taylor. Uh, just a quick few announcements. I've been back trying to write some more blogs. Uh, that's exactly what I used to do before I was spending my time podcasting, and I really want to get back into that as well. And over at my website at the moment at bradytrailful.com, I've, uh, yeah, just been just writing away and trying to put a few things into action and making that a bit of a goal going forward to be consistent with my blogging. So feel free to check that one out. Uh, Michael would also like to thank his supporters and sponsors. Uh, sometimes when we do these conversations on Tell Me Your Tales, you get so deep in conversation and you kind of forget to do all the nitty-gritty kind of thanking of all the sponsors and acknowledging the people that have helped you out. So I'm just going to run through a couple of his sponsors here and I hope that uh, I don't stuff it up, I suppose. So he'd firstly like to thank his family, Tina and Bailey, and his mum and dad and brother and sister for the, all their support, the TAC. Aaron from BR International, uh, Rothwell Lawyers, Ivy Projects, Ben, ben Bell Financial, uh, the Chukamalama Cycling Club, Jakanzi, Bendigo Cycling Centre, and Achilles Melbourne and International. Got a stack of sponsors, got quite a village surrounding him, so uh, that's probably why he's so successful. So uh, thanks to those guys for supporting Michael, so he can do amazing things, so he can come on the podcast and share his amazing stories. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your run, whatever's going on in your life. Cheers. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns